Hello, you filthy animals. We're back with episode 323 of Cantina MX Football Podcast. Boy, oh boy, do we have a docket for you guys tonight. Carlos Vela officially retires from the national team. We have Alan Mosso uh, story going viral right now. And today, officially, Conca Champions League returns. And of course... Week 5 results from Liga MX, but before I go any further, let's welcome Joel to the podcast. Joel. Greetings, Jaime. Greetings. Oh, man, I don't think I needed to see that interview to know that Mr. Charles Kendall had officially retired. To me, it was a foregone conclusion. Yes. We had uh, Hercules Gomez interview Carlos Vela, and I'll, I'll just play the clip. It's very short. Carlos Vela cierra la puerta totalmente con la selección mexicana. Sí, creo que ya momento de los jóvenes, de Chucky, de Cate, de Laine. And that's that's it. That's all we get. <laughs> His excuse or his argument is that, and, and this is not the first time that he said this. He actually said this on a podcast, I think, like last year. But his excuse is like, look, you know, I want to give the opportunity to somebody that wants it, give it to the younger generations. And, you know, I'd rather give, I'd rather give that spot to them than, uh, than holding it for myself. As if he needed much convincing. Yeah, I don't buy it. <laughs> I think I it's an easy it. it's an easy thing, right? Because you can't criticize him for saying that, right? Yeah, he's just being diplomatic. But I mean, it's been obvious that he has one very little to do with the national team. And he obviously doesn't get along with some of the people that are in the Federacion. He's never named names. So we'll never know. You know, I remember at one point they were blaming they were blaming everyone and their mothers of why he wasn't. Um, but he never really came back. And yeah, I remember uh, one of his other excuses was I wasn't part of the qualifying process, so I don't feel right. Oh, yeah, I remember that. Yeah. And, you know, those are just, I, I get it to an extent feeling that way. But it's like if if your country needs you, you know. But I guess he's never he's never felt the shirt that way, you know. And he's never he's like admitted he's not like big into football. Yeah. He's just very good at it. <laughs> that's the trippy part. And I guess that's what pisses a lot of people off too, you know. You know, my <laughs> here's my problem, and it's not with him, it's with Tata because Here's Carlos Vela being all nice and diplomatic and saying, hey, look, here you go. Like, have my jersey, have my spot. Like, give it to a young player. And Tata's like, why, thank you. Uh, yeah, I'm going to go call up a fourth goalkeeper. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that fourth goalkeeper seems to bug you, huh? And, and I, I get it because it does feel like a waste of, of space. But I mean... Who knows why he's doing it, you know? Um, 
we rarely get to know, like, like they don't always, the coaches and whatnot, they, they, they won't always tell us the real reason. Usually we find out years later, you know, in those like behind the music type uh, when they do these interviews and so much time has passed, they don't really care. And they'll, they'll release some of the, some of the juicy stuff. And by then people already forgot. <laughs> Well, most, most. There's always a few that that will bug them, but maybe, who knows, man? Who who knows what's going on there with Tata, man? Maybe he just doesn't want to upset the balance, you know, of the team. Yeah, um, it's pr- it's pretty much like beating a dead horse now. As far as with Carlos Vela, he still wants to give it a go. Another, I think, two or three years in MLS is is what he said. And uh, it's just nice to have closure, you know, just say, hey, look, there's no possibility of me returning. Just get over it. I'm over here in L.A. doing my thing. And uh, thanks, but no thanks. And that way we can, you know, now we just need a little bit of closure with Chicharito. You know, is he in? Is he out? Should we just do the same with him and just announce his retirement? Because he's still in. He seems very out. Huh? He seems very out at this moment. Yeah, he does. Um, I would say, unless it goes bad for for Mex in this, you know, when they come back and they play the U.S. and then they got like one or two other games where, let's say, the team ends up looking bad and they got to do this whole like sort of rebranding thing, you know, especially going into the World Cup, you got to hype up the fans and yeah. And get get that sponsors things going, and yeah, it, that's probably the only way I see it happening. If if uh, things go bad and Tata gets sacked, then I could I could see I could see it happening where they bring a new coach and then they, you know, they bring in Chicha as the the flag bearer <laughs> of this new this new and improved three. Which is pretty much the same three, but you know, <laughs> um, we'll have to see like that stuff. We'll have to see. We, as of today, he's still our all-time leading goal scorer. So, if he is not going to be part of Tata's plans for the World Cup, I think we should at least give him an homage, and uh, you know, let him let him play a game in, in El Azteca and and give him a proper send off or something. I don't know, but. And well, that's the thing too, Jaime. Remember, um, there's the saying that it's the uh, let's say Yonde Luisa that is the one that has vetoed him. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Speaking of players uh, that have been kicked off the national <laughs> team, this is the rumor. It's the rumor, uh, but it's it's a rumor going on that. Alan Mosso, that he was, that Tata took him out the national team because of how, you know, his temperament. And then when he he found out they were going to leave him out of the Olympics, that he went to, to talk to um, Jimmy Lozano. And uh, he probably must have not been a nice talk. <laughs> So I think I think that did it, man. 
Yeah, so I guess the story goes like, you know, because he was, Adam Mosso was part of the uh, Olympic qualifying team. And yes. he was part of the process. Found out, you're not going to Paris. I mean, you're not going to Tokyo. And, uh, and I guess he lost it and, you know, got into Jimmy's face. Some say there was even a push or a shove or, or it was pretty bad. Damn. And, uh, I mean, it got, it got up to Tata's office and now he's blacklisted. And, you know, I understand that there are things outside the pitch that a coach takes into consideration you know, the chemistry, the locker room and all that, that's obviously a factor that we, unfortunately, as fans, don't get to know the whole scoop. You know, for all yeah. I know, Chicharito could be an asshole. In fact, I've been hearing that he is an asshole. So, I mean, <laughs> but these are the things that we don't know, you know. So I understand that you want to take a group of young players to the Olympics. This is a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity for them. And the last thing you need is somebody that's dis disgruntled or um, that that is going to give them negative vibes. But at the same time, you know, it's like that's just a competitive spirit. Like if you were part of the team that helped them get to the Olympics, you should you should be given the opportunity to 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 compete in them. Yeah, but if but it, it and I agree, but it, and then I also don't see anything wrong with him going up to Jimmy and trying to figure out why he dropped him, you know. Um, cause then it might be something that like you could work on. Uh, I don't know if you remember when one of the interviews Hans did and he talked about how Diego Martinez went up to him one day after practice and he asked him, you know, what, you know, if, if, what were his chances of being a starter? And, uh, he's, he told him that very, very slim. <laughs> Slim to none, he said, because Masa and I forgot the other guy were faster than him. And he talked about how Martinez started working on his, you know, on his speed and his, and his running and whatnot. And he went on to commend him and saying how he ended up, you know, having a good career and, and even getting to Selección, which if you remember um, he was at the Gold Cup think it was him who said in the big three when they were losing to zero right is it is it Salcido that gets injured and they replace him uh what gold cup was that one the one when they were losing to zero and then they come back and they win five i mean three three to two three to two wait well, four I... to two Four to two, I think it was four to two. That was uh, Hector Reynoso. That was man. at the stadium. Reynoso. I think that's who's. I think that's who I meant. Oh. And, yeah, I don't think it was. I thought you, it yeah, Diego Martinez was the guy that couldn't cross the ball. <laughs> he was the right back for Chivas. Man, I'm not even drinking. <laughs> <laughs> well, regardless, of the player, um, he talked about that attitude, you know, and I, I just, I really doubt um, also if. If the story's true, if if it's true, I doubt he was like, dude, what you know, what made you cut me, or or what, what was I lacking? He could have gone to talk shit, and some people get into the whole, um, the whole, oh, you're because that's your buddy, or or you know, I don't know if you remember, um, 
even even uh, what's his face Marco Fabian when he was in Germany uh-huh I just say that the coach was racist and that's why they he was in the oh, bench. I remember that yeah I was like dude <laughs> that's not something you you should be airing out I mean if he is we'll take it to the directiva you know but that's the thing you don't air out dirty laundry you know, um, you know what's and of course it wasn't true it wasn't true yeah what's interesting with uh Mosso is the three overage players that Jimmy ended up taking to the Olympics was Ochoa, Henry Martin and Riz Romo so they were not a player that was you know he was not replaced by any of them uh by an overage player so he lost out to his own peers and I'm sure that's also like putting extra salt on the wound there um, but in the end, um, I will say that it is a shame that he's on a blacklist because, you know, he is a wing back and right now it's Chaka and Gallardo and, and really, we don't really have much competition right now. And you make it worse when you, when you start blacklisting players. Um, and ironically, he also got a red card this weekend, uh, in the Pumas game. So, <laughs> Uh, I guess he's just known to have like a a short temper. Yeah, that's what happened with Bofo, man. One of my all-time favorite players. Really? Coaches would coaches wouldn't call him because he had a explosive attitude, man. He wow. Would, he would try to square up a lot, <laughs> not not just with teammates, but also with the coach. And so he was a nuisance, up, you know. Yeah. Pretty uh, much, it's messed up though for the talent he had. You know, I was I was thinking of Bofo today because it happens to be Rodolfo Pizarro's birthday, and he's one of the few players that I know that has won three Liga MX titles with three different clubs. You know, with Pachuca, Chivas, and and Rayados. And I was trying to think like who else has done that, and I started thinking about like Bofo because I know Bofo went to a lot of finals, but he didn't win those finals no he he lost two in a row i believe with tecos and then they were at he was at morelia yeah and i think they lost it and then chivas um no pachuca and then he did win it at pachuca oh he did he was benched the coach was buse oh and buse had him in the bench and uh and that's why they sold him because he would, you know, talk shit. <laughs> he would talk shit to the coach. And then like being benched, man. I thought and, I, I uh, thought Aguirre was coaching Pachuca at that time, huh? Nope. Nope, Aguirre coached him earlier. And, of course, he won as well. Oh. Yeah, 2001 is when Aguirre was coach of Pachuca. And uh, they won their title in 2003. So, yeah. Or at least Buffalo did. Um, so, you you can name another player apart from Rodolfo Pizarro yes. that, that has won three? El Gallo, Don Gallo. Always one of my favorites. Um, and I was very sad to see him leave Chivas twice now. And both through the back door, man. Yeah. <laughs> Talk about- and I think he's he's a very talented player, and no coincidence that 
you know, he's those players that they don't stick out much. You know, you don't hear about them a lot, but man, literally, because always... he's like five five or something. <laughs> <laughs> but they're always, dude. They're always there, man. And I, and dude, I always, I always praise him. His World Cup, his twenty fourteen World Cup, man. If you see the games when he's in the field, he's a beast. I was like, this dude's not gallito, it's Don Gallo, man. Como jefe, as uh, Perro would say. Yeah. Yeah. Um, But yeah, he won it at uh, Leon, Chivas, and then Chivas lets go of him, and he goes and he wins it with Santos. (laughs) Yeah, but he actually won four. Well, two, yeah, two with Leon. Yeah. But I mean, with three different clubs. Yeah. I don't think anyone's done that. And he's but he's like 33 or 32, which, you know, still has a good two, three years left. I would have liked if he would have stayed. It's a shame. We could have used them. Um, yeah, man. Um, and so it sucks that to let go of a player like that, I would have kept. Man, even if it's bench, imagine. Just, you know, player of that experience and whatnot. You know, and he did have like a like a drop in form, but you can't expect players to stay. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. It happens. It happens to the best of them. You'll drop in form and maybe you don't play good one season or half a season. That doesn't mean you suck. You mm-hmm. just had a bad, you just had, you know. Uh, so I do feel that it was premature how they, how they let him go. Um, and then, he he never said much, but he was involved with the desmadre of, you know, that happened when they she was released. All these guys, yeah, she got caught up with the partying, man. The Tier Vialpando trophies, Gallito, Alexis Peña, all got uh, the ban hammer. Yeah, and he kept it cool. See, and you like you see his attitude. He never really talked shit or anything. He was just like, "All right, it is what it is." Mm-hmm. He didn't keep talking shit. Um, but yeah, that, that sucks. Yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't think Osvaldo. You mean active players or players in just throughout? Um, just in just in general, man. I don't, like it's hard to think of a player that has had three. Osvaldo wanted, I know, with Chivas and Santos. He was at America, but I don't think they won the league when he was there. No, they didn't. So close, he came close. He was right up there. Bofo was close. Um, Pelaez. He won it with Necaxa. He won it with um with America. Oh. And then he he quit with Chivas. I think they got to the final, but I don't think they ninety eight when he was at yeah yeah. So mm-hmm. Belay is pretty close, man. Yeah, that's a and you know Pizarro's very young. He's only what twenty seven, twenty eight right now. So it's pretty impressive. You still hoping he returns, Jaime? Uh, at this point, I've lost all hope. You know, if we were gonna get him back, it was gonna be now. Um, but he went back to Rayados. 
And, you know, the way he's been playing, you know what? I'm kind of glad we didn't. <laughs> he hasn't looked good. But uh, it is what it is. You know, who hasn't been looking good this weekend? It was uh, Chivas. They lost at home to Tigres. 3-1. At one point, it was 3-0. Um, but yeah, color me shocked. Do you have that clear payment of of um, the Chivas coach Leano talking? His fateful interview? Uh, the one where he's talking about he's going to become a champion and all that? Yeah. Uh, I don't know. I got to find it. I I don't have it on me. (laughs) Yeah, I think that that was just his mistake and why he's going to keep getting judged very harshly. I mean, fans were happy just a week before. (laughs) And then after this defeat, man, he was getting he was getting eaten in the stands. They were they were yelling everything at him. Wait, I think I got it. Sueño con una realidad. Quien mira hacia afuera sueña y quien mira hacia adentro despierta. Yo sueño despierto en que voy a ser el mejor entrenador del país. Voy a ganar todo en México. Me voy a ir a España, voy a ganar todo. Voy a Inglaterra, también voy a ganar todo. Y después voy a regresar a la selección mexicana a ganar el Mundial. Uf. I think this dude did like a massive line. <laughs> dude, that's exactly what I was going to say. <laughs> he was waiting for the interview. Went to the bathroom went... and did him. <laughs> He's like, oh, yeah, dude. <laughs> Sarina, way, Sarina. Sarina. Oh, man. He's like, I'm winning everything. Yeah, man. You, you know what? You could have that aspiration, and it's a good one to have, but... You, at the same time, you know, you're giving an interview to the media and, and it's being recorded and it's it's just, it's going to follow you. Yeah. It followed, it followed por Yayo de la Torre and he, he didn't even say, <laughs> poor dude didn't even say it, it was Vergara that threw it on him, um, you know. And, you know, it's like, we I saw a clip of somebody like screaming at him after the game and. At this point, it's like, yo, like, look, this is the reality of the situation. We have an owner that's not going to sell the team. And he's good friends with the coach. So for as long as I know, this is going to be the situation. So we can bitch and moan and cry about it. We can go on social media. We can post about it. But at the end of the day, man, like nothing's going to change. So. I feel like this, yeah, the team plays bad. They should deserve some criticism, but we kind of just have to support them, man, unfortunately. Or if if you don't want to, Agreed. if you don't want to and, and you refuse to, you know, you're unhappy with the situation and it affects you that bad, then the only way we're going to affect them is monetarily, you know, financially. You know, stop watching the game, stop buying their merch, and, and stop going, you know, to the games. Um, the attendance... Uh, that uh, on Saturday wasn't great. And so it's like, that's really the only way you can kind of like force their hand is, is, is with money. But even then they're still getting a fat TV deal. So how much of it is, if, is it affecting them really? Well, no, it, it will affect them. You know, 
looks bad. You're playing in an empty stadium. Um, you know, makes your team, devalues your team a bit there. Um, but yeah, you're right. You know, the, the thing is stop watching. Um, no need. Like people get these false expectations. You can't expect this team to be competitive. And it's like, they're not even competing in the off season to build a stronger side. So how how do you expect, you know? Yeah, like what changed? Expect the team once the season started <laughs> to all of a sudden, oh, because the coach, you know, and they'll blame the coach, think, oh, because he's finally going to play this player or, or use this tactic. And it's like, you know, it just it doesn't work that way. Yeah, um, I don't know what happened with fans. They just woke up magically one day and said, "Oh, this is this is the exact same team with the exact same coach." Yeah, for some reason we're gonna we're, we we demand a title. Like, no man. Like, <laughs> I don't even think they have like the mindset or the mentality to go out there and like win a championship right now. I just I don't even think they they have it in them. Yeah, I, I think it's a team that could. I could aspire for to get in the Liguilla because they've been showing that. They've been showing that at least they've been pushing for a spot, like they've been finishing at least above top 10, you know, between 8th and ninth, more consistent now, as opposed to <laughs> way lower in the league, uh, in the table. So I think that's that's, you know, that's a realistic goal. Uh, so then, then, yeah, you could you could have a team that'll go into Liguilla, and then after that, it's like count count your lucky marbles, man. You know, if they do more <laughs> than than that, then that's just a plus. Um, but yeah, to to be at the Liguilla, at you know, to be at this level of say uh, to, of saying like, all right, um, this team can can win it then you need a couple players that they kind of don't have them now um hopefully with JJ Mack that that would give him a better chance and that's if Mr. Mack is is in good you know he's in a good form and not yeah. still dragging this injury but yeah you usually Need a good, you know, because I, I, I like looked at Chivas and I looked at their squad and throughout the years and been like, okay, what's the one consistent thing of of Chivas when they've won the league? And it's like, well, their squad, they, they were, have about five players that are selection, they're like starters or selection material, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. And... Right now, if we say, okay, who do we have? Just Alexis. Yeah. Right? Just Vega. That's it. That's the only dude you have. Um, and then JJ Mack, kind of there, like maybe not a starter. But we had Antuna, but play. we traded him. We got rid of him. We had Gallito, got rid of him. Um, but yeah, if you look at like even the team when they won, and you go down the list, and yeah, they had Gallo. And they had um, what was this other dude's name? He would cry all the time. Um, he would cry, Guli. Guli. <laughs> uh, they they had um, 
the goalkeeper Cota, uh, Pulido, Pizarro. So you you know you you had those players. You had the the four or five selection caliber players. Uh, right now they just they just don't have them, or some of them are too young. So yeah, no, that's I I don't I don't see how my fellow coats. Chi hermanos expect more from this team. Be, we have a young, young it. team. That's another thing, too, that you, you know, there's kind of like um, a common denominator with championship teams, um, the experience. And right now we have a lot of inexperienced players, which is fine. You know, we can just look at ourselves as a, as a team that's in rebuilding and you know, I think that's yeah. that's just the way we have to look at. Is it. like, look, right now we're rebuilding. We don't have money, so we're, you know, we're debuting a lot of young players, and we can be, stay relevant. You know, maybe make a good run in Ligia, but don't expect silverware. You know, unless we get on this crazy lucky, you know, thing, kind of like how Atlas did, because you know they didn't necessarily win any other other matches. They just tied their way to a final and and won it. So. You know, I mean, that yeah. can happen to any team. Look at Puebla right now. They're in first place. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, she was still needs and they're not really doing anything in the transfer market. And I know, um, I know the owner's getting a lot of shit for that, but it's not all his fault. You know, we talked about just how the league has been and how closed off it's been with at least even with trading Mexican players. So that's that's hurting Chivas, and it's going to continue to hurt them. Yeah. So there was some pretty dramatic finishes on match week five. Uh, Mazatlan handled Tijuana pretty easily 2-0. Uh, but the other game on Friday, oh, boy. Uh, it was a it was an anticipated matchup there between Puebla and Atlas. Puebla being in first place and Atlas being the champion. And you know Julian Quinones scored in the 85th minute, and it looked like Atlas had stolen the game from Puebla. But at the very last minute, in fact, they were still going over the goal replay when uh, Puebla scored the the equalizer, and everybody lost it because uh, Guillermo Martinez scored a chilena. And it was uh, it was quite dramatic. And then they cut to the stands, and there's a kid that's like literally tears of joy, like so, <laughs> like you could see the tears in 4K. And I'm like, bro, it's just a game. Like, no need. It's not like you guys won the World Cup. Um, but yeah, if you guys follow us on uh, on Twitter on the Cantina, I, I put the the Titanic music uh, over the over the goal, <laughs> mm. and the kid, you know, kid crying. It was great. Yeah, and uh, Puebla did a whole campaign to to look for the kid, and uh, they gave him. A, they found him. They gave him some goodies. <laughs> I think I think he's gonna become the the poster boy for this Puebla team, which um, I don't know, man. Their management. We've talked about this. Jaime, their management has been doing things really good. And you know they brought in coaches. They had uh, they had Reynoso, and then they lose Reynoso, and they bring in this guy, um, La Carmon, and he's he's a sensation. He continues to be the talk of town. Yep. 
And yeah, good for Puebla, man. Seems like they're doing things right at the, you know, directiva level. Well, I was doing something right. I do like their uh, their social media uh, account manager. He's he's definitely got a sense of humor. Uh, their promo for their upcoming game against Rayados is like, "Hey, come see us with the fifth uh, best team in the world, Monterrey." Yeah, yeah. Come see us take on the fifth best team in the world. That was that was hilarious, man. <laughs> And, uh, and then they they talk about how they're they're the leading, you know, they're the first place teams. It was it was brilliant. Yeah, yeah. Rayados um, from our last podcast, so they lost their match. We talked about that, and then they had the um, the 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 fight for fifth place, so they wouldn't end up in dead last like Chivas did, and they ended up winning that match. Um, but Rayados. Uh, you know, they, they had a, a week off, so uh, the, their game against Puebla is not an easy one. They're going to play on Friday, and they're playing against the, the best team in the league right now, so we'll see how it goes for them. But Where are they playing? They're playing in uh, Puebla. They're playing in Puebla. Oh. Which actually might oh, yeah, do them yeah, a favor because, you know, the fans would probably be really hostile with them if they were in Monterrey. <laughs> I don't – you know, I think – yeah, they've turned on Aguirre, but I do feel like Monterrey fans have been more fair weather. Uh-huh. But I guess they're tired of they're tired of Aguirre. Well, I um, mean, you know, Rayados fans have money, and they all flew out to you know the United Arabs to to watch them play. <laughs> and you know, it's obviously when you spend a lot of money like that. I think there was a guy that sold his car, and now he's like trying to get it back. I don't know if that was real or not, but he said he sold his car to go go see them at the Club World Cup. <laughs> I met I met people like that at the World Cup. Man, really? That, that sold their car. Yeah, this dude had oh pictures of it. Oh my god! He was crying. We were we were we were uh, it was after the Mex game and he was drinking. He's a few beers in, and then he just started talking about his car, man. <laughs> <laughs> And he had pictures. He had pictures in his phone. <laughs> wow. It's like, it felt like he sold one of his kids, you know? <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, so we'll see how that goes on Friday. We had uh, San Luis lose to Toluca. Uh, so 1 0 for them. And then. To Toluca, Nacho, where is Nacho at now? Right now, with that victory, Toluca are right above Chivas, seventh position, nine points, four. Uh, sorry, three wins and a loss for them. So you know, Nacho bounced back from their earlier defeat this season, and he's got. It was them. at the start, right? It yeah, it was like the, the first start, game. If I'm yeah. not mistaken. So, um, yeah, he bounced back really good because. Um, you know, the shit-talking was already commencing. He had just come with his tail tucked between his legs from Spain. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, it's like people were expecting he lost his mojo. Yeah. Uh, but I'm, I'm I'm glad he's doing good. He's a good coach. Me, me, you know. Yeah, speaking of good coaches, Necaxa. 
come back from behind and give Cruz Azul a Cruz Azulera. Uh, they end up winning the match in stoppage time. They were down 1-0 up until minute 84. They tied it up then, and then in the 95th minute, they get the victory. So talk about a, a dream start for Jimmy Lozano. Yeah, good win. And agreed, good to see another Max coach doing good. Um, so his first match, tough match to go up against Cruz Azul, one of the better teams, but he, he pulled it off. Let's see. And with Cruz Azul, there, there seemed to be some, uh, oh, some that's behind right. the scenes. And who knows how much that affected, you know? Not trying to take anything from from good old Jimmy, but there was the rumors that um that the coach had presented his resignation, but that the directiva Reject- didn't allow it. They so rejected it. It feels that there was a shakeup with the directiva. Yeah, somebody like left, right? And then I don't know, I guess Reynoso handed in his re- resignation too, so um, there's a lot of changes yeah, cause, going cause on. Supposedly, that's the dude that brought him, like the dude that. Um, oh, I see. The dude that left was the dude that brought him to the club. He must. And he must know kinda, that it's going to be a shit show soon. It's like the storm. <laughs> it's kind of sad because that was Cruz Azul for like the past twenty years. You know, Directiva. You had um, Billy El Billy. You know, with his fuckery. And even though they would play finals, but then they could just never deliver. And um, it seemed like they finally, with this new directiva, came in to replace the corrupt guys that, you know, the ship was going to be, you know. And and they're having some of these problems again. So, you know, I I hope it's not nothing big and that it was just the media – exaggerating we'll see we'll see what happens with Cruz Azul they have a match tomorrow against Forge in the Champions League which just started uh today Forge Forge I don't know where they're from I'm looking it up right now Forge FC (laughs) Forge oh Oh, you were exaggerating the E, Jaime. <laughs> threw me off. You threw me off, dude. Where are they from? Let's see. They are... Oh, they're Canadian. Oh, interesting. I forget that this year they're, you know, they're, they, there's Canadian-like teams in it that are not uh, affiliated yeah, we with were, the MLS. Yeah, we, we've been talking about it here, Jaime, how they, you know, as part of their program, they... They did their own league. I mean, they still got those MLS teams, but they got their own their own league going because they understand the importance of having more players active. Yeah. Well, um, it did not fare well for the Canadians today. Montreal, at the very last minute, lost to Santos, who were at home. So Santos Laguna uh, won their game today, 1-0. And uh, the New York City Football Club easily beat Santos, the Walpiles. 
So pretty strong start for Liga MX and MLS teams. And, uh, you know, I'm looking at these teams, Santos, Leon, Cruz Azul, Pumas. And I'll be honest, man, I'm, I'm not convinced by any of them. I don't think any of them will win the championship. This year, there's it's finally going to an MLS side. Um, I might. It, it very much might be the case. Uh, New England didn't already got through to the next round because Cavalry, uh, a team from IT, uh, had to withdraw. They had issues with their visa, and they just weren't able to make the trip. So uh, you already got a team in the next round with uh, New England Revolution. Hmm. I honestly think like uh, Seattle's probably the strongest team. Um, and, you know, on paper, obviously, you know, Cruz Azul should have quite an easy, easy going. And, you know, Leon, another great team, but it's like they've failed to to win it. You know, I, I saw them firsthand get eliminated by LAFC. So it's like, I don't know what's up with Leon, but they always have trouble with the uh, with the Conca champions. Yeah, some of these, I don't know. Some of these teams just. I don't even know, Jaime. I was just going to say, they just. Uh, sometimes they just don't prioritize, you know, or they won't take it as serious because they want to. They put all their eggs on the Liguilla basket. Mm-hmm. And so they don't really care as much. I do think for a team like Cruz Azul. You want to get back, you know, they won the league. You want to get some of that international exposure. And if if anything, that's what the Clubs World Cup does for some of these Mexican teams. They get to be in the limelight for a, for 15 minutes. And I do feel that that's sometimes something that they'll prioritize. I think it's a great opportunity the, for the bigger clubs, especially. I think it's a, it's a great opportunity for you know teams that haven't won silverware. Um, you know, I'm looking at like Bumas. I think this would be a good, good tournament for them to put their their efforts into. Um, yeah, Bumas has won it though. Must have been a while ago. Yeah, it's it's been a cool minute, and they won the. I think they did win, but there used to be a tournament called the Inter, what's it, the Interamericana? Uh-huh. Between the Conca champion and the Libertador champion. I'm looking at the list right now. You got to go back all the way to 1989, last time Pumas won the Champions League. Damn. <laughs> Oh, they lost to Saprisa when Hugo was there. They did in 2005. And that was that Saprisa team at that time. Was it was owned by Vergara. Vergara. And similar to Chivas, they only played with uh, domestic players, right? Yeah, he changed it to that, and uh, it's crazy. Some of them they didn't like it. <laughs> <laughs> they didn't like it. Some of their fans. They're, they're, you know, like something I've seen, they sort of 
they not write the South American. Uh, and so it's sort of like they feel makes their team look more international, more, you know, mm-hmm. to have these like players from other countries. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Sort of like like wearing a a Nike jacket or something. <laughs> it's like uh like you want to have your uniform be from one of the big companies because it makes your uniform look better. Or at least that's the belief, you know, mm-hmm. for some of the people. And that's that's kind of like the vibe because they won. They won the league. I don't know if they won it twice. And they they won the um, the Conca champions. And as soon as Vergara sold the team back, they, they brought bunch of rgs oh interesting <laughs> like, yeah i remember those days like when years. you know chivas and saprisa had the same even the same uh reebok jersey just purple instead of like red or blue and uh yeah they were like kind of like sister clubs in a way yeah they were um they even sent uh the goalkeeper oh they did michelle uh, michelle yeah they sent him over there and he won with them. Oh man, see, I didn't yeah, know. Yeah, got that. some silverware. But yeah, I mean, the, the, the overall like energy in the room. I mean, overall is like, look, like you know, the Champions League. It's cool and all, but it's not prestigious, and you know, we're kind of just unfortunately, this is just our region. This is the best we can do in our region. So for me, it's just kind of hard to get excited about it. I will say, though, it is nice to have, like, you know, games on the weekdays at night. Um, it's like a whole day of, of Champions League because you get the European Champions League and then you get the R region. So, you know, it's just nice to have have something to watch. But uh, yeah. I personally, I think that um, this might be the year that another team outside of Mexico takes it. We'll see. Uh-huh. We'll see who wants it the most. We'll see, Jaime. We'll see. We'll see about that. See if you change the Mexican team. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I mean, that's basically everything I had on the docket. Uh, there was, um, what else was Wait, there? Tigres won. Yeah, they did. So that's Piojo, uh, another major win for good Sir Piojo. And where are they right now? Like what? They are in fifth position with ten points. So Piojos in fifth, and then um. Okay, I'm just trying to see where where my Mexican coaches are lining up. Uh, where was Aguirre again? Aguirre's at Rayados, who are in eleventh. You have Jimmy Lozano and oh, Necaxa, who's at tenth. Uh, who else is Mexican? Uh, Leano. Leano. He's uh, eight. And Piojo's five. And Piojo's uh, top I think that everybody else is a uh, foreigner. Yeah, I will still count. Tuca. Um, yes. Just because he, he coached in Max. It's not like he. Oh, he Nacho. Left for Brazil and... Yeah, Nacho. We have Nacho seven. Seven, so so uh King of the Hill right now. <laughs> seven through eleven we, is all Mexican coaches. <laughs> we need to keep an eye on that, Jaime, because remember if Mr 
Tata gets the boot. I don't think he will unless we get destroyed at home against the United States. Dude, not even destroyed. You know, the well, team just has to look bad. Any mm-hmm. a, anything that's not a victory, I think will will could. Yeah, and I mean, we 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 talked about how in the past, you know, Bora lost the job even though he had he had qualified to the mm-hmm. World Cup. And what did Bora, what was Bora sin? He had um. He drew. He had two draws. That was his his big sin. He had two draws with with U.S. and Ken and uh, Costa Rica. How dare he? You know. <laughs> uh, but you know, this was back when Azteca needed to be more of the the fortress. So I could I could see, I could, but but I mean you still have a coach that has shown he knows what he's doing. So I do think it was a big part of it was you know just like the politics. Yeah. So there was uh, a stat today. Uh, Eighteen years ago, Ochoa made his professional debut. And uh, somebody even went to say that he's our best goalie of all time. Uh, obviously, people are showing their age when they say that. But, Joel, where would you rank Ochoa as far as goalkeepers? I do. I would put him top 10. Goalkeepers? Uh, I would. Yeah, he would be top 10. He's been playing since he's 18. Oh, people are saying he's like he's been... number one or top five. I don't know. It's it's some of these comparisons are difficult, uh-huh. and then especially if we didn't see some of these other guys, and so what are we going off of? You know, five World Cups. If if you had like, yeah, but he didn't. He didn't exactly. He didn't exactly play in each other, in one of them. Uh, you had Tota Carvajal, you know, el mm-hmm. Cinco Copas. He, you know. There's, there's just been a lot of keepers that were they were very very good. Um, some of them underrated, like Adolfo Rios. Um, and then of course Osvaldo Sanchez, Conejo, Campos, Campos rates uh, Pablo Larios as as the coach. Yeah, I if I was to say and and Larios just just a quick note on Larios, he he played a World Cup. Despite being in the uh, Segunda División, and he was the starting goalkeeper. Really? Uh, yes, yes. Uh, so I mean, it's difficult, man. But yeah, definitely he would be, he would be up there, man. His World Cup performances. He's had some saves that were just phenomenal. Um, he's done some a lot. You know, he's he's done a lot in his career. He's been able to stay 2014. for a long time. I think that was his peak. It's not easy. Yeah, yeah, could be, but I mean, he's still there, you know. Um, but yeah, I would definitely top ten. But for me, it's difficult to to go and compare because it's like, obviously, I've seen the most Ochoa games because he's played right when I 
you know, when I started watching and and I get to see them. But and there's other guys before our time that, uh, you know, we just we didn't have access to them, and and there's very little we could see. But I mean, sometimes we could look at their stats, but even then, that's that's not enough, you know. Well, the stat is he's the most scored goalkeeper of all time. <laughs> And well, people call him the Coladera, Coladera Ochoa. I, I think yeah. I think people like you know, they, they immediately go to like the seven seven zero against Chile, like, you know, oh but you know, how much of it was his fault? You know, the team just quit. I go I go to the Brazil game at, at Brazil. Yeah. Dude to to get a clean sheet yeah. a, in a World Cup game against Brazil. At home. That's come at on. At home. Come, yeah, and, and and yeah, they're at home. That's just uh, you know. And we could have won that um, game, which is the craziest part. Um, I think about that. I think about the even the game after. You know, when we played Croatia and they were talking shit and they were like, "Yeah, we're better than them." And then he had a really good game and he does a little like mouth thing with his hand, like, "Yeah, keep talking, keep talking," you know. <laughs> And I agree, you know, it's just the reality is he's been the goalkeeper for Mexico for almost a decade now, and that's all people know. So it's like it's kind of hard to, like, rank him right now um, because we really we haven't seen too many people get the opportunity um, besides him. But, I mean, I'm thinking about, like, I, I still think Campos is the best goalkeeper we've had, at least in my lifetime that I've seen and witnessed. Um, and also because of how unique he was, you know, not only did he play goalie, but he was also a striker. Like I have never seen anybody yeah. do that. And he would constantly be like at the midfield. Yeah. Like by the, by the midfield line, like he would go up as, as far as he could. So when the team was attacking, he'll be by the midfield line. Uh, and he could play with, you know, like as a stopper, they could pass the ball back to him, and he he was like another player. Guardiola would have loved to have a player like Campos right now, you know, because that's the way he plays oh, with yeah, Man dude. City, and he's got Ederson, Ederson who who does play like that at times. But uh, yeah, yeah, I remember some German keeper. I don't know if it was Neuer. I don't know. Was it some goalkeeper in Europe started playing pretty far up, and and they would use him and. And they were writing all these articles about revolution, revolutionizing the the game the position. I was yeah. like, dude, get the fuck out of here! Yeah. <laughs> Campos wasn't the only one. There was Iguita, and there's been a few oh, yeah, others, uh, a lot from South America. But it, it goes far back, dude. You go far back to like seventies, and <laughs> probably even further. But it's just weird, you know. You 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 just saw it and you think it's new, mm-hmm. but nah, it's it's been done. It's yeah, yeah, it's true. But uh, I also remember, I think, like, not only was Campos, like, a great goalkeeper, but he got that recognition, like, internationally. Like, people knew who he was. And I remember him in the Nike commercial with all the other legendary, you know, Nike uh, players at the time. And Oh, that was uh, that commercial... He was in two Nike commercials that were both really iconic. They're really well made. The one, that one was... of them is. Oh, go ahead. 
Oh, there's two. Uh, uh, one was the buildings. They're like billboards. And and it's like a billboard in Brazil. And it's like the Brazilian, I think it's Romario, and he kicks the ball. And it goes to like Italy. And then it's like Maldini hits it. And I think Campos oh. is the last one. Oh. I think Campos is the last one, but he, he, he traps it. That was one of the one of the top commercials I've seen. Football and another one you're gonna mention. It's at the Rome Coliseum. Yep. Yeah, that one's iconic. Yeah. They're they're playing against the devil. <laughs> yeah, they are. Yeah. That one was yeah, very good commercial, man. And uh I those are those are like man, like like those have like my favorite commercials that yeah and they used to like do soccer commercials they were um they were so good they did do you remember the ones where it's like the secret tournament oh those are my favorite the scorpion games they're, they're playing. Oh, dude. yeah dude those were dope those were bad like three on three yeah three on three and then they they kind of gave each team like a little logo yeah the... like they all had like a name yep they had like uh uh, what was the there was ones the one touchables there was like tuto bene there was yeah i have the posters still yeah, so man I, that was yeah dope. those are fun that that one the the brazilian team playing soccer at the airport, airport that i was gonna mention that one that one is like <laughs> iconic it is dude it is especially because like ronaldo misses right yeah yeah yeah. It does, and everyone's holding their head. Yeah. <laughs> and this one, it was done by a Mexican uh, director. Oh, okay. Uh, there's two right now. It's, um, man, I think they both won Oscars. Wow. Their name is skipping my mind, dude. Uh, come on, Jaime. You see more movies than me. Uh, I'm really bad with names. Is it Del Toro or no? It, no, not, not Guillermo del Toro. It's the, the, ah, still one of the other two, man. Uh, shit, I think all three have one. Alejandro González. Iñaratu. Yeah. That's one, and there's another. Alfonso I don't know which one did Cuaron? it. One of those did it, man. I, and I'm going to have to check because I don't want to Alfonso make Cuaron. another mistake. And it's it's a dude. I, they must have spent a lot of money, man, because yeah. it's a long ass commercial. Even the Simpsons come out. Oh wait, are you talking about the one where like, what happens if like you mess up or whatever? Or... Yeah, yeah. I remember that because like dude, I like the Rooney. I like the Rooney. Yeah, I'm about to say, it, dude, because that actually <laughs> happened to him. <laughs> He ended up. He's like trailer trash. He ended up. <laughs> he ended up living in a in a trailer with like a hey. with a you know beer belly and and he just came out recently and said that he was like an alcoholic man. And the long ass beard, but doesn't he look up and the billboard is the Ruberi, like doing I, his pose? I think so. Yeah. Remember, he he did a badass poster where he has like the the English flag. Yeah, like, kind of painted, on, and he's like, it looks dope. But then I think when when he misses, he looks up, and it's, it's yeah. the opposite. It's really. Let me see, man, because I, I, I don't want to be wrong yeah. with this. 
Yeah, I remember that commercial. That was that was for the 2010 World Cup, you know. Yeah, and they had uh, Ronaldinho doing like a dance, and then everyone everyone does I the think dance. Kobe, Kobe does the dance. Oh yeah, of course. Yeah, my favorite was like the Joga Bonito ones too, man. I'm looking at. I'm watching Here it is. In two in two thousand ten, Iñárritu directed *Right the Future*, oh. a football theme commercial for Nike for the two thousand ten FIFA World oh, Cup. Oh yeah. Okay. I, I found it. I don't want to be wrong. I, I don't want to. I don't want to sp- spread misinformation. It's uh. So instead of Wayne Rooney's arms being spread out with the English like paint like on him, is Ribery. Yeah, it's Ribery doing, oh, yeah. doing that pose. <laughs> That was dope, dude. And then uh, when he does good, you see all the babies being born yeah. and being named after him. I think <laughs> I think the only Mex- what happened at Tigres. The, I think the only Mexican With, uh, we had was uh, Rafa. Marquez. Yeah. I don't remember. I don't really remember. He had like uh, a short. Like, yeah, he had like a short. Uh, short. Yeah, I remember Ronaldo. And Rooney, and I think it was Ribery. I don't know who else. Uh, and uh, Ronaldinho. Um, but yeah, damn. It had a uh, Homer Simpson and Ronaldo, right? Yeah. Yeah, they, they he rings the doorbell and then yeah. he scores. He, he does the nutmeg. He's like, oh. <laughs> yeah. Classic. Yeah, I mean, some of these commercials are iconic. Also, like uh, uh, Adidas with the. Uh, you know, you're, you had to pick your team. I think that one was fucking dope, too. With the little kids? With uh, Jose. Was his name Jose? Yeah. It's some little kids are going to play, like, like soccer. Like, yeah, like, like a scrimmage. Like street or something. Yeah. Yeah, and then, and then they're picking players. Like, it's Kaka and... Like, and Bauer and, yeah, Messi. And, yeah, that was a classic. That was a classic one. I thought that was really cool. Shit, man, that'll be some cascarita if you got to play it. I know. Yeah. Yeah, I remember there. I was watching the Last Dance, and they were talking about how that '92 Olympics team, the basketball team, how that team was just so stacked, bro. You had like Larry Bird, Magic Johnson, Michael Jordan. <laughs> like he just had. It was insane, bro. It was like. <laughs> Charles Barkley and freaking, you know, it's just like literally like superstars, bro. Like just, probably just were they even trying, dude? <laughs> and uh, they're saying how like the favorite, their favorite memory of of that team was just the practices. Like, you imagine those practices, bro? Like, oh my god, dude. That is crazy. Yeah, man. I would like to hear like every every had interviews. And and just talk about what that was like, and that was that was uh, in Spain, the um, Barcelona Olympics. Yes, and then they they copied the name. They copied what? Dream Team. Huh? The Dream Team name. Oh, okay. Yeah, the Dream uh, Team. When Johan when Johan Cruyff was there. I didn't know that. Yeah, they they copied it. Wow. They uh, Barcelona had their team, and I remember they they get um 
they got crushed at the Champions League by Milan. What year was that? Oh, dude. <laughs> Damn. I don't, I'm not saying it was a final. I don't know if it was a final, but I remember those two teams meeting. And, and that was like one of the... Who did they have? Because they all had like really good players. Uh, 1993-94, they beat them. Who, Milan? Yeah. 4-0, actually. Yeah, yeah, I remember seeing that game, and I thought, you know, Barcelona's Romario, and they had, pretty sure they had Romario. Um, they had Romario, uh, Ishto Storikov, I can't pronounce name. There you go. Yeah. Storikov is the dude that eliminated Max from the 94 Oh, World they Cup. had Guardiola and Ronald Koeman. Yeah. Wow. Does it have the Milan squad? Uh yeah, they had Banucci, Maldini, they had Maldini has Boban. the right there. Sadomir Boban, I think it was Croatian. Daniel Emilio Massaro. Yeah, that was a World Cup player in Massaro. Marcel Di Salili Roberto. That's a French guy, I don't know. Roberto Donad. Donadoni? Another World Cup. There was another for the Italian World Cup, 94. Yeah, mm. they were stacked with their World Cup champions. Fabio Capello was the coach. <laughs> no, wait, they, they weren't champions. They were they weren't champions. They made it to the final. My bad. But still, man, that's, that's players that made it. Yeah, Fabio Capello yeah, was Capello the was, coach. Man. He was the well, he was the coach. That's where they got the name for Mario Carrillo, El Capello Carrillo. Oh, because going back then he was one of the top coaches. Um, he was winning a lot. Yeah, he with Milan he won one, two, three, four league titles in a row: Champions League, European Super Cup. Man, he won a lot with Milan. Then he won a bunch with Juve, which they took him. He won with Madrid too. He was just winning. He went he to just, Madrid, he, won. He went to Roma, won, which is a big deal because that's their only and, title. And not only his, their only title, but Batistuta's only title. Totti. Because Batistuta was at Fiorentina and he never wanted to leave. He's just iconic, dude. They have a statue outside. And really? he was already older. Wow. He was already older and his one shot and he was like, dude, it's a capello, dude. I need I need to put this in my trophy case, man. <laughs> Must have been empty. I don't think Fiorentina won much. And yeah, he won it, dude. Gabriel Batistuta. I forgot about him. Yeah, he won with River, with Boca. But with Fiorentina, they won a series, Serie B, so second division. <laughs> but with uh, Argentina, he won two Copa Americas, a Confederations Cup, man. 91 and 93. For sure. Well, we're uh, wrapping up episode 323. You got any closing thoughts? Ah, oh, man. No, not really. I think 
I think we went down this memory lane of football, which I think it's always been one of the main things for the cantina right here. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, and it's cantina. Jose Alfredo Jimenez used to say, I drink. I don't drink to forget. I drink to remember. <laughs> I, think that's... I love that. That's and Jimenez is the coach, uh, you know, all the Mexicans cover his songs. And yeah, I think that's, that's the thing about Cantina, man. We pot to remember. Yeah, I love that. We have Champions League action tomorrow. Uh, Watastoya versus Leon. Four versus Cruz Azul. And then uh, Pumas versus Saprisa. So those are some upcoming Champions League matches tomorrow. Uh, three, five, and seven. So it's a fully packed day of, of football tomorrow. Once you're done with the European Champions League, you don't you can just leave it on, man. You're gonna have you're gonna have some more Champions League at night. And then uh, we have Liga Mekis, of course, uh, as early as tomorrow with Mazatlan and America making up their match week two. Uh, so that's also going on tomorrow, and then oh, well, really quick, Jaime, because we didn't talk America. No, and everyone had Solari on the chopping block, and they beat Santos. They did, and so I think they have a good one to beat Mazatlan, and they would have bounced back. So I think uh, some of these chicken little Americanistas fans could start lining it up a bit. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it's it's you know they did have a game that they're behind. So uh, if they do end up winning tomorrow, that put them at seven points and put them back in the in the Liga spots. And uh, with Santos, they have continued to fail uh, to find a victory. They're in last place with one point, and uh, that's quite worrisome. Yeah, it is. For sure, everyone. Well, we appreciate your support. Make sure to follow us on our handle at CantinaMX on Twitter. And we will catch you guys in the next one.